Church podcast. Glad you're with us today. Today, we're going to continue in our boot camp series, and today we're going to talk about how to deliver. And when I mean deliver, I mean deliver on your word, deliver on a promise, deliver on a covenant. You know, Desmond Tutu said, without forgiveness, there is no future. And you know, if there's one word that's powerful and big in the new covenant, it's forgiveness. You're forgiven and we're to forgive others. You're going to learn how to deliver on the covenant today and how forgiveness often is the key to opening the door to your greatest victories. Come on, let's get right into this work. Get going. I better get going because we got a we got a sermon to get. We're gonna how many how many have been tracking with me and enjoying this so far? Same three people. I love you three people. You are my very my very best friends. All right. How to possess? We were really believing we'd finish this off and step into our new building. And how many know we are gonna step into a new building? We are the army of God. Sons of Abraham, we are a chosen generation. We are, it's my favorite pirate song. We are, are. You know, we're going to see an amazing breakthrough. We really are. And, uh, but let's not wait till then. Let's have it right now. Amen. So let's just enjoy the ride. So we were doing this series expecting that this would, and we would just bang a ride. But, you know, I, I'm really grateful for the series because it's really done a lot in me. And, you know, when you preach the word, it doesn't like I'm preaching the word to you. I mean, it hammers me first in a really good way. And I've really enjoyed how the Lord has spoken to my heart, my heart through this season. And uh, I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, let's, let's go. Possessing the promises. What can we do now to prepare for what's next? What can we do now? So you don't achieve victory, you receive victory. So we don't have to fight for it. It's already done in Christ. And we just have to get in that posture of receiving. I mean, it's, it's a paradox. It seems strange, but it's make every effort to rest. Rest, just just rest. When when you want to get anxious and freaked out about something, just thank you, Jesus. And, and it's good. And I, I'm learning that more and more. I thought, my God, after all these years of ministry, I should be getting good at this. But I realize there's a level, several layers of frustration still existing in my world. And uh, I've really been pushed on hard. And I, I really feel like God's doing something big in my heart and in my life. And he's enlarging me. He's stretching the capacity that I have for the great things he wants to do. Because he's still going to do them. And they're still big. I know some people think it's the end and it's all over and blah, blah, blah. But I'm telling you, it ain't the end. Because I'm still going to go to so many nations. And I'm going to see massive, massive crowds of people give their lives to Jesus. Miracles like the world has never seen. And that's what he spoke to me. That's what he told me was my destiny. I've seen a part of that. But I'm going to see it all. I'm going to see it all. Because the earth is going to be flooded and saturated with the tangible knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. That word seeks fulfillment. That word. And it says the heavens must retain him. Acts chapter 3, 19 to 21. The heavens must retain him, which means hold him back until the fulfillment of every prophetic word spoken. That word has to be fulfilled. Please, could I please blow up nonsense eschatology? That word has to be fulfilled because the Bible itself, interpret... Uh, eschatology, interpret end time prophecy through the word of God, interpret it through the new covenant. He is held in heaven until the fulfillment of every word spoken about him. And that word seeks fulfillment. His glory will. You know, he's not going to come back to a, there was kind of a demonstration of his glory. There's a few people experienced his glory. He was trying to manifest his glory. He will. He said to Moses, as surely as I live, the earth will be filled with my glory. 
So it's connected to his very life. He swears by himself that it's going to happen. Yeah, he's not going to come back to get us out of a miserable pandemic. He's going to crush every bit of nonsense. You know, wherever you see, he said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And everywhere where the devil is stolen and taken from us and robbed us, we're going to experience recovery and restoration in a big way. So if you're looking for a church that's practicing jumping in their rapture boots and hoping to get out of this nonsense, you're in the wrong place. Because we're going to fight the good fight of faith, the fight for we win, the fight where we realize every single good thing for the honor and glory of God. Amen. So if you're into a good fight, you're in the right place. I will enter into the finished work of the cross. Every promise is yes in Christ. Not in my behavior, my ability, not in my striving, but it is yes in Christ. And what do we say? Amen. That's where we're at. Boom, bang. All right. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises have been fulfilled in Christ and with a resounding yes and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends for the glory of God. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. And triumph is the victory party after you've vanquished all the enemies. So he is just, he's, he's saying, come on guys, join my parade. I want to march through the whole globe and show that I am victorious over every single thing. He always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge of him in every place. Every place is going to experience a manifestation, expression of his goodness. Yes, Afghanistan. Yes. He's not done with that. He's not done with, you know, Syria. He's not done with Saudi Arabia. He's not done with Haiti. Even though if you're in Haiti, you would weep and you would go, oh, my goodness. But I tell you, even Haiti is going to rise up and you're going to see God's glory realized there because he loves the world. He loves Haiti. And we're going to see the blessing of God. Can I get an amen from the front row? I got an amen from the front row. That was so good. All right. Debacle. We talked last week about the debacle. And the debacle was, is that what a great victory we had at Jericho. Aren't we awesome? Whoa, look at us. Take that big city. Yeehaw. You know, AI's just little. Don't worry about it. Don't fret everybody. Send a few thousand people down there. They can take care of that. We'll stay back here and watch Netflix. And sure enough, they send a few people down. They get chased away. A bunch of people die. And they go, and then Joshua's like, oh, God, we want to go back over the river. Oh, God, we want to go back where we were. Why would you bring us here to destroy us and die? And then God said, shut up. Get off your face. You got a problem. There was a debacle. And the problem is, is that we should learn this one principle. We'll talk about it again today. Before you do anything for God, make sure you heard from God. Because like Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. There's a lot of people baking cakes that Jesus never asked for. You know, but you know, if you do what you only see the Father doing, you will always get divine results. But when you decide to leave him out of the enterprise, then, you know, you got to be the cause of your effect. And how's that going to go? But you know what? He is for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to, through you, manifest the fragrance of his life and his kingdom. He wants to be glorified in and through you. If you would just trust him in all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. But here's what these guys did. They didn't talk to God. They said, we'll hey, big fella, hang tight. Everybody chill. We'll take care of this ourselves. And it was a horrible loss. And he immediately went from, we're awesome, we're awesome. Did God get us out of here? Send us back. Oh! You see, your failure is not God's failure. 
those lessons were there. I've moved on. I didn't bring my computer, so I can't go back without a lot of mechanical nonsense. I rest and I receive. I defend and I protect what I possess by the faith of Christ. Not through my faith in Christ. Through my faith in Christ. No, you see, I rest and I receive. I defend and protect what I possess because of the faith of Christ. It is all mine in Christ Jesus. It's even his faithfulness that brings it into expression. So I'm going to rest and receive, defend and protect what's mine. So today we're going to step into deliver. Can you say deliver? When I say deliver, here's the meaning I'm looking for. Let me show you. When I say deliver, I mean follow through with your commitment. I trust that person, they deliver. You know, they're going to deliver. I mean, when they say make a promise, they deliver. When they say, hey, pastor, I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock. I'm going to help you move that piano. Boom, they deliver. I'm not like, I hope they show up. Because they deliver. Because they deliver. So that's what we want. We want people who deliver. Josh 1, 9, 14 to 15 says, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. This isn't the old one. This is a new one. This is, again, now a group of people come trotting down the road called the Gibeonites. They were a mighty people, mightier than Ai. All the other people thought, these guys are a nation with mighty warriors. And these people come down, you know, their clothes are dirty, their, their food is moldy, and they're like, hey, wow, look at you guys, you Israelite folks. You're pretty awesome. Where are you guys from? Oh, we're from a long ways away. But, you know, we heard about how awesome you are. We just want to come down and say, hey, we want to make a covenant with you. We want to tell you, hey, we're for you. We see what you're doing with your God, your big, mighty God. And we just want to say, hey, let's make a covenant. Let's covenant together. Let's covenant together so your God is my God. Any of your enemies are my enemies. You know, any of your problems, they're my problems. Any of my blessings are your blessings. Let's make a deal. And then they're like, wow. But here's what they did. But they did not ask counsel of the Lord. See, even when something like that happens. I, I had somebody walk in once when we were back at 220 Adelaide. And they walked in. They said, hi, how are you? I said, I'm really good. Who are you? We're so-and-so and so. I said, that's fantastic. We've come to pay off your building. I went, But, you know, I went back to my office and God said, yeah, that's, that's not me. Those people want to come and control and manipulate. They want to be in charge. And they're trying to exercise control over you so that you'll respond and react to them in a total different way. And it was the true. A week later, they started telling me, do you ever sing these songs in worship? We'd like to hear some of that. And I was like, wow. And, you know, when we finally got down to it, it was like, so where'd you get the revelation to pay for building? Oh, it's not going to happen right away. It just, I think God's going to guide me with some investments, and I'm eventually going to have enough money to do it. But they didn't have it. They came, that was the first thing they said to me. I'm going to pay off your building. But they came, and they said it with a manipulation that they wanted to control the anointing in our movement and in our lives. And they thought that they could, you know, hit me with the money thing. And I'm like, no. Sure enough, it blew up. It got really weird. But, you know, thank God that... Uh, he spoke to me and said, yeah, that wasn't me. I'm not in that. But, you know, here's they were. They thought, look at these guys that want to come down and make a deal with us. Pfft. People are hearing about how awesome we are. You know, sometimes, even if it's a good thing, it's coming by and God says, I'm not in it. You got to know that. But you see, they never talked to God about it. They never talked again. Again, there's a pattern here. There's an issue. They need counseling. They never talked to God. And Joshua made peace with them and he made a covenant with them to let them live see what they heard was we're beginning to see that uh, everybody god has told you to conquer they're all going to die 
And uh, they actually were in the area. They were one of the tribes that they were supposed to kick out. But they said, rather than us getting kicked out and dying, let's just go make a deal with these guys. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. They were just like Rahab. Rahab heard about them, and she said, hey, would you remember me? I think you guys are going to come in and demolish us. From what I've seen and what I understand, we're all terrified. The Gibeonites, were, they didn't want to die. They literally were like, we can see that your God is God, and we're going to get crushed. So we concocted this plan to somehow, you know what? Let's go deceive them and make a covenant with them, and we will live. You know what? They just wanted to live. They just wanted to live, and they were willing to say, your God is better than our God. We're willing to align ourselves with your God, and we just want to live. And that's the plan that they came up with, but their motivation was, we want to live. And it's pretty clear, your God is God, and we don't want to die. There's a lot of people going to come to us, and they might look like they're from Gibeon. They might look like they're messed up. It might get ugly. It might be messy. But you know what? Oh, they want us to live. They feel broken. They feel hurt. They don't know what else to do, but they're going to come. Multitudes are going to come. And what I love about this is God told them, kill everybody in there. But then these people made a deal with them. The people they were supposed to annihilate, they made a deal with them. You know, why do we hate so much? Why does that dominate everything in our world these days? Why do we more know what we're for and picking sides? And I've never, ever in my whole lifetime, I'm 60 years old, and I've never seen so much divisiveness in a culture, ever. And everybody's picking sides and drawing lines and what I'm for and blah, blah, blah. I mean, man, we could be so nasty that there's people out there crying out, I want to live. There's people crying out out there, I want to live. But, you know, when they come to church, boy... All you evil people, we just want to kill you. You're the problem, you dirty, filthy dogs. They don't come in here a voice of hope, a voice of reason, a voice of peace. Anyway, I got sidetracked a little bit right there. Covenant. There's a preamble, historic prologue, stipulations, sanctions, and a dynastic disposition. Disposition. A dynastic disposition. That's the elements of a covenant. The expression of the covenant is we're going to have, there's going to be a sacrifice, there's going to be vows, we're going to make commitments to each other, there's going to be witnesses, people are going to witness it, we're going to have an exchange, we'll share armor, sometimes they would even exchange children, my daughter and your son will marry, we'll have a union, there's an exchange, there's things you do in this, we exchange armor, we ex- there's things that take place that I want to show you that my stuff is your stuff, your stuff is my stuff, then there's a sign, they'll have a sign, a symbol of their union, they might, might uh, you know, if they had a sign, they might take a sign and make a new sign that would emblazon both of their purposes together. They'd make a sign, and then there was a meal. They'd throw a party, and they would say, this is good. It's good for us to join together. So they really did this with the Gibeonites, and they were like, man, this is pretty awesome. Things are going really, really well for us. There's the exercise of the covenant. My enemies are your enemies. My needs are your needs. My problems are your problems, and my resources are your resources. Covenant, and you want to know something. You need to understand a little bit about covenant because we are living in a new covenant. There was an old covenant. God is a God of covenant. He's not a God of commitments, not even as much promises. He's a God of covenant. When you get married, you don't, I'm promised to love you until I don't anymore. 
Oh, you see, in marriage, there's all these same things happen in marriage. Your marriage is a type of covenant. You walk down the middle aisle because you're cutting between two flesh, two sides of flesh. There's that sacrifice. There's witnesses. There's a commitment. There's vows. There's a meal. There's an exchange of rings. All these things. Marriage is a sign of a covenant. I am covenanting with you that till death do us part, I'm in this thing. A lot of people think, well, we're just making a deal. We're just signing a paper until we feel like it. That's why we try to scare people to death about marriage, because marriage is going to be tough. But it's a covenant you're entering into. This isn't a game. This is a big deal. So they made a covenant with these people, and that's what took place. So Joshua 9.24, so they find out that you guys lied to us. You're actually one of the nations we're supposed to destroy, and you straight up lied to us. Now we've made a covenant with you, and we're stuck with you. I can't believe this happened. So they brought them in, made them a part of them, and made them serve the temple, cut wood, do things. But they came in and became a part of the community. The Gibeonites joined in. Later on, you see that the ark was kept in Gibeon. Later on, we see that several of the prophets actually came out of Gibeon. We see that one of David's mighty men was from Gibeon. We see that Gibeon, literally, they came in and they became one with the people of Israel. They literally chose. They said, man, we don't want to be killed by you. We want to be one with you. Wow dirty dogs. They lied to us. They cheated to us. And so they said to them, hey, Joshua said, why, why did you guys do this? Why, why did you lie to us? They said, because your servants were clearly told. We were clearly told that the Lord your God, not just your God, but the Lord your God. We came to an understanding that your God is God. By a revelation of seeing how you folks lived, how you did life, how you carried on, how you interacted together, we just said, man, your God is God. Your God is God. And we commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land before you. Therefore, we were very much afraid for our lives. People are afraid for their lives. And they got to know that there's a place of refuge, a place where God is God, where the Lord is God. And we've done this thing, and now here we are in your hands. Do with us what seems good and right to do. Desmond Tutu, he said, without forgiveness, there's no future. Without forgiveness, there's no future. And this was somebody who went through a lot of nonsense, suffered a lot of stuff. And yet he said, without reconciliation and truth, without forgiveness. See, once we get to the truth, we don't beat each other up with it. Once we get to the truth, we don't divide lines and say, I'm right, you're wrong. Suffer, you dirty dog. I'm saddened in our culture that we're trying to find truth so we can beat people up with it. People are studying my Facebook from 12 years ago, trying to see what ugly things I said so they can throw it in my face, discredit me, cancel me, throw me out. Instead of trying to find, where did you screw up so I can cover you? Where did you screw up so I can love you? Where did you mess up so that you can know I'm not digging up your past? But we dig up people's past so that we can somehow eliminate them and tear them down. And we're doing it all in the name of truth and reconciliation. We're trying to rip people apart instead of build people up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There were some awful, terrible wrongs done. But the way forward to freedom is forgiveness. There's no forgiveness in reconciliation today. You got to pay. You got to pay. You got to pay the price for what you did. That's not biblical. That's not the way the people of God behave. Hey, sorry, just got... They did something terrible, they did something awful, and you're absolutely right, it was wrong. But here's the wonderful privilege that you have. I forgive you. How do I forgive you? 
And how are we called to forgive everyone, even those who are indebted to us? I forgive you as he's forgiven me. And if you don't know that you're forgiven, you self-righteous yuckadoo, look in the mirror. You know why Cheryl was messed up today? Because she again was overwhelmed with how faithful God is. And you know, when you really get a revelation of that, you can barely walk straight. But you know what? It also opened your eyes to see that everybody deserves to feel the forgiveness that I do. Everybody deserves to feel the freedom that I do. So let's quit defining what we're opposed to. And let's open the doors wide to whosoever will. And where there is offense, where there is grievance, and it's awful and it's horrible, let's get true freedom by saying, I forgive you. Tim Keller said, forgiveness is always a form of voluntary suffering that brings about a greater good. And yeah, so here's what Jesus did. He was on the cross, and he just bore your sins, mine, the sins of all mankind. And he said, right there, he announced liberty. He said, Father, these guys who put me on this cross, knock the snot out of them, eliminate them, make them pay. And I said, Father, forgive them. These guys haven't got a clue what they're doing. Let forgiveness run like a forceful, mighty river. Let people know that they can come to a house where, no matter how ugly it was, he forgives you and he loves you. Sadly, in a lot of religion, we got all these, you know, here's the ten ways that you can get right with God. <laughs> There's not ten ways to get right with God. There's only one. It's, and he already did it. All you got to say is, thank you. Yeah, say thank you, but then we got to root out all the terrible things in our heart, right? Oh, God. We so desperately want to deserve what God so freely gave. Anyways, I'm wandering a little bit. I'm sorry. My wife's looking at me going, she knows I have 45 slides. And she's like, stop wandering. Joshua 10, 6 to 8. So Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilead, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up quickly, save us, and help us. So now Gibeon makes this deal with these guys. They make a covenant. And all of a sudden, all the other kings heard that the mighty nation of Gibeon, the mighty warriors of Gibeon, they made a deal with Israel. We all know why Israel's here. They want to take this land. Now we're going to go make an example of Gibeon. So five kings got together and said, let's go knock the snot out of Gibeon for making a deal with Israel. So Gibeon hears, oh my goodness, these five kings are coming to kill us. So they say, Hey, you covenant buddies, come on and fight for us. Come on and help us. Come on and save us. And Joshua said, praise Jesus. Some, finally, some retribution. Those guys are going to get what they deserve. Let's all get our lawn chairs and watch these five kings knock the snot out of Gibeon because they're evil dogs anyway. That's not what happened. Sorry, I got carried away. If you're not paying attention, that's not what happened. See, save us, come, for all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. So Joshua ascended, and all the mighty men of valor, and the Lord said to Joshua, here's a good little sign, the Lord said to Joshua, what's Joshua doing? He talking to God about this one. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand, not a man shall stand before you. Now, how many know that's a good time to go to battle when you already know the victory's assured? Amen? And, and you don't just know it's assured because you think so. 
the Almighty just said, victory is yours. So it's, the thing for me that's so beautiful here, though, is that they are responding to a covenant that was made in deceit. They are responding to a people who deceived them. But you see, when you make a covenant, boom, bang, you got to take responsibility for that. And you know what? We have a covenant that says we don't have any debts except one debt. We have a debt to every single person you run into to love them like God loved you. So you have a covenant with every single person you run into, every person you run into, that you have a debt to love them. That's the covenant you're in. The covenant that was cut that you've embraced with Jesus Christ. You know what this covenant says? Love your enemies. Two primary lessons. You ready? Number one, don't do anything without a fresh encounter with God. <laughs> Number two, if you'll honor your covenants, God will honor you. If you'll get over your bitterness and get over your nonsense and get over your offense, even though it's very real and you are absolutely right, I acknowledge that in every way, you still need to let it go. And here's why you need to let it go. Because you letting it go and you manifesting forgiveness is the way to your greatest victory. Jesus forgave the sins of all mankind and he rose from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's victorious over everything because he did something so ridiculous, so absurd. God became a man and he died for us and he forgave us. And now he is the king of kings with the name above every name. And you see, that's the pattern that we have. That's the pattern of moving forward. That's the pattern of being victorious. Forgive, even when you're really, really right about the pain, even when you're really, really right about what happened. Forgive. So I've chosen to forgive City Hall. I don't understand the laughter, but <laughs> you know, I'm just like wowzers, man. You had the Justin Bruder was in here yesterday, trying to make the bass drum sound louder, and. Uh, doing a few things, tuning the drums and things. And he said, what's going on with the church? And I'm like, well, you know, the city this, the city that. I, I mean, if I could get a hamburger and I didn't like it, I could go to another hamburger joint. But you know what? I deal with the city. There's nowhere else I can go. There's only them handing out permits. It's not like I got other options. And Justin just said, I don't worry about it. It's all going to happen. I went, again, just, just settle down, Pastor. It's all good. But you don't understand. I want a different hamburger joint. I want somebody else. I want them to pay. This is unjust. And he's like, hey, it's all good, Pastor. Don't worry about it. Wow. Man. I said, would you please preach tomorrow? And he said, no way. So that's <laughs> Joshua 10, 12 to 14. Sun stands still over Gibeon. Sun stands still. No, sun stands still over Gibeon. God. Sun stands still over City Hall. Sun stands still over those people who've caused offense in my life and lied to me and betrayed me. Sun stands still over all my most painful experiences. Sun stands still over Gibeon. Because I got a covenant with Gibeon. And we're going to stand with them. And we're going to achieve victory together. How you doing? 
You doing all right? Sun stands still over Gibeon, and there has never been a day like that before or after it that the Lord helped or he heeded the voice of a man. Like Joshua, he's fighting away going, wow, it's getting dark. You know, if we had a few more hours of daylight, we could probably wipe out all of these kingdoms today. I mean, it was so awesome. So, sun stands still. We know the sun didn't stand still. It's probably more the earth stopped rotating. But God doesn't care about technicalities, right? He understood what Joshua meant. Well, you didn't pray right, brother. You, 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 God would have answered your prayer, but you said the wrong words. You have to say boop to the boop to the boop, but you said boop to the boop to the bop. God was just about to come through for you. Boop to the boop to the bop. But if you'd have said boop to the boop to the boop, wow, God would have, he would have had to come and save you. Wow, we're into nonsense. God's not into patterns. He just hears the cry of your voice. All he's got to do is hear you go, ah, boom, he's there. I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Boom, but boom, right there, the Lord responded to Joshua's voice. Hey, man, guys, did you hear what Joshua did? Joshua thinks he can stop, you know, the moving of the cosmos. Like, did you hear him say that? So cool. Let's do it. Sun stand still. There's things going on in your world. There's things happening in your life. You feel like the sun's going down on a promise, going down on something you've been believing for. And you know, I'm 60 years old. I should start thinking about retirement. Start thinking about where do I want to spend my soft life. Looked at property and the beaches in Barbados. Oh, so good. I could be down here. I could still Google people. I could still do Zoom calls. Oh. Sun stands still. We're not done yet. There's some great things ready to happen. Amen? Amen. You know what? In your life, if you feel like this ain't working out, you just tell the sun to stand still. I'm telling you right now, I'm not backing up on my dreams. God, you gave them to me. It's your fault that I have these convictions. And you are a covenant God. You're going to come through. Sun, stand still. Don't let the sun go down on me. I don't know the rest of the words, so I'm going to have to carry on and preach. Sun stands still. Boom. Sun stands still over me, over my promise. Job twenty-two twenty-eight. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. You. You, you, right there, Mitchell, you shall decide and decree a thing. Those things that are bubbling up and percolating your heart, those visions that you see, see yourself in certain places and things, and you're going like, what's this all about? You shall decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor is going to bless it. Joshua 10, 42 to 43, and the kings of the land, Joshua took them all at one time because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Then Joshua turned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. The day that he honored a covenant that was made in deceit, the day that he chose to exercise forgiveness, love, grace, and understanding is the same day that he realized the greatest victory of his life. The greatest victory of your life is waiting for you to cheer up. 
The greatest victory of your life is waiting for you to stop looking at the circumstances. Quit whining about what you think wasn't fair. Just blast, forgive, and release. And what seems like a weird way to get a breakthrough, that forgiveness is going to manifest the greatest victory you've ever experienced in your life. What in your life is waiting to come forth where you'll just honor the pain? You'll push it down and say, I'm going to absorb it. It no longer exists. I graciously love, release, and forgive. Uh, You don't know what I'm dealing with. I haven't even told people what happened to me. My spouse doesn't even know what I've been through. And there's things that just keep me locked down that you don't have an idea or clue about. You sitting there, you know, saying all your nice stuff in your nice little black sweater. You don't know what I've been through. I don't. I don't have a clue. But I do know that no matter what it was or what it is, I do know that the breakthrough that you desire will only come if you let it go. And I tell you, God is faithful to pour on you the strength you need to release it. Sometimes you just got to say, this really hurts. Would you help me? And he'll pour grace upon you. He'll pour favor in your heart. Sometimes you just need a good cry. Just let it go. Trust him. Hey, thanks, pastor. Wow. The Lord God. Honoring the covenant led to displacing five kingdoms. The king of Jerusalem. There was a king, an evil, demonic king who was ruling over your peace. The minute you decide to honor the covenant, your peace is yours. And you'll take that back. If there's peace missing in your life right now, trust him right now. Trust him right now. The king of Hebron. Hebron was where you go up to Hebron. Hebron means intimacy. It's that place of intimacy with God. You feel like, I could never really experience intimacy with God because you can't forgive yourself. You feel broken. You feel like, I, I, I'm not worthy to stand in his presence. Yes, you are. And there's a demonic king standing over your intimacy with God saying that you don't deserve it. He's a liar and he's a dog. Take it back right now in Jesus' name. There's another king. It was the king of Yarmouth. And Yarmouth was the high places, the heights. And you know what? You say, well, pastor says I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I don't think so. Yes, you are. It's a lie that you're not. You are in authority. You are in charge. You shall decide and you shall decree a thing and it shall be established for you. But you're not decreeing anything or deciding anything because you think that you got no power. You got no authority. I, I, I got nothing over here. I mean, I'm blowing blanks. You are incredibly powerful. You are mighty in God, the tearing down of strongholds. You are equipped in every way to advance. You know, you are seated with him in heavenly places with all authority, all power, a heavenly perspective over every detail to dominate for him in every circumstance. But the devil lying to you and telling you you are subject to things that you are not. You are mighty in God. And that needs to be kicked out right here, right now, once and for all. In Jesus' name. Next one was Eglon. Eglon, he was a big, fat king. Big. I mean, when he sat around the house, he sat around the house. But, you know, fatness is mine. Fatness. The yoke is broke because of the fatness. You know what? The fat one in the room is me. The yoke is shattered because my neck is so solid, so thick of fatness, so thick of anointing. I'm the king in the room. Quit chuckling over here. You guys having too much fun at my expense right there. 
but I forgive you. <laughs> Maybe I'll think about it later. But I'm telling you, there's no demon standing up and saying that he's bigger, stronger than me in any circumstance. We are mighty in God. We are. I'm not trying to be anointed. I am anointed. And the anointing of God in my life, it's permanent. It doesn't come and go. And it's always on full time, full power, full tilt, boomba. Yeah, not boom boo, but boomba. Yeah. Then there was the king of Lachish, and Lachish means invincible. I'm invincible. You can't touch this. I am powerful. I am untouchable. You know, that's the truth about you. But you know what? When you, when you start to walk in the grace of God, you start to manifest the covenant of love that you have with the Almighty, and you start to dispense that everywhere you go, you'll start to see strongholds break everywhere. You'll start to see breakthroughs happen everywhere for you. You'll see what the power of love can really do. It's incredible stuff. Joshua 10, 24 to 25, come near and put your foot on the necks of these kings. I love that because after he captured all the kings, he threw them in a cave. And he says, throw them in the cave. We'll be back later. Sun stands still. They went and they conquered everybody and they got all kinds of stuff. They just, wow, these are blessed in every single way. And then they came back to the cave and they brought those kings out. And he brought all of his people and said, come over here. See these kings? Generations past, our forefathers were afraid of these guys. You, you, little guy, come on up here. I want you to put your foot on the neck of this king. <laughs> That's a pretty powerful position. I mean, it seems, wow. You, you wouldn't want to put your foot on the neck of somebody. I want to put my foot on the neck of the devil. It says, soon he will crush Satan's head underneath your feet. And you see, we've been called to put an end to what the enemy's doing. We've been called to put our foot on his neck and say, hey, that's enough. COVID, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. We're actually the big boys on the playground. And we're done with you. You liar, you stealer, you cheater. We curse you in the name of Jesus. Okay, so that was good. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you hide. No, it'll do that against all your enemies against whom you fight. We talked last week about the good fight of faith. The good fight is the one where you win, you don't get hurt. <laughs> Especially like that part. But you see, the fight of faith that we're in, he's a good God. And you see, we win the good fight of faith. And we're in a fight of faith for this city. We're in a fight of faith for these neighborhoods. We're in a fight of faith for southwestern Ontario. And we want to see it won. I'm looking for a few people who actually believe this stuff. I'm not looking to, you know, preach a few cute sermons and have people go, hey, that was pretty good, eh? I'm looking to call together a group of just ridiculous people, flooded and saturated with the goodness of God, with a message of grace and mercy, ready to just let the river of his love flood everywhere we go. I'm looking for some of them people. Looking for a few of them. Isaiah 26, 12 to 14. I'm just reading verse 14. Verse 12 and 13 are good, too. You can do that for homework. But they, the former tyrant masters, are dead. I love this verse. They, the former tyrant masters, are dead dead they the former tyrant masters are dead they shall not live and reappear those things that have been bothering you holding you down they're done don't worry about it reoccurring or coming back it's over 
It's done. They will not reappear. They are powerless ghosts. They shall not rise and come back. Whatever is dominating you that you're trying to overcome and think someday you might have victory over, they are dead. And they are not going to reappear. They are ghosts. They are done. They are finished. Listen to this now. Listen to this. Therefore, you have visited and made an end of them and caused every memory of them, every trace of their supremacy to perish. Please settle down. Stop. You know, Stefan, he's, he's working today. He's got two jobs. But you know, Stephen came and saw me. He came in for simple prayer, prayed for his addiction, boom, bang, gone. He comes in, he says, can I see the pastor? I said, sure, come on in. He sits down, he says, I need to talk to you because, uh, I mean, I had a coke habit. I mean, I was dealing with coke, but sadly I started getting into it too. And uh, I had such a bad coke habit. The doctor literally said I was dying and said I wasn't going to make it because my organs are shutting down. And uh, I got simple prayer here. It said on the sign, you know, prayer. So I said, come, it's come to that. I need some." But, you know, I got prayed for, and I walked out of there, and uh, I can't even remember what it is to crave cocaine. I was actually sitting there today trying to go, like, what did it feel like when I desperately had to have it? Like, I, I've got to get some. I, like, and he said, I was trying to remember, what was that even like? And here I am a week later, and I can't even remember what it was that dominated my life. And I've had that testimony several times. People try, I'm trying to remember why I was so freaked out about that. Isn't it great? That's what God will do for you. Can I get an amen? When you honor who you are in Christ, even when mistreated, you most manifest your true identity. Let me simplify. You're most like God when you forgive. You want to say, I and the Father are one. You want to say that you know, I'm a son and I'm a child of God. Well, you're most like your papa when you forgive. You manifest most the very nature of Christ when you forgive. And that means you're going to honor that, as Jesus said, Father, what can I do for all this wonderful love you've poured out on me? Love others. Jesus washed their feet and Peter said, okay, let me wash yours. He said, no, go and do likewise. So sometimes we're like, Jesus, I worship you. I love you. I want to wash your feet. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Love others. Forgive. Demonstrate his kingdom. Pour out his heart. Let his love flow freely through your life, and you're going to realize your greatest victories. Summing it up right now. Can you say sum it up, Pastor? Sum it up, Pastor. All right. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. But God brought you alive right along with Christ think of it all sins forgiven the slate wiped clean that old arrest warrant is canceled it's nailed to Christ's cross the law all the demands of it nailed to the cross he stripped all the spiritual tyrants of the universe of their sham authority at the cross and he marched them naked through the streets Anything that's trying to dominate your world, it's a sham, and they've all been defeated. They've all been marched through the streets, and you are constantly parading. What are you doing today? I'm just demonstrating the victory I have over everything. I'm just walking to God. I'm just partying this victory that Christ has won for me every day. Amen. 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 
Oops. Debacle. It's supposed to say deliver. Man, I might need somebody else to help me with my PowerPoints. Come on, stand up with me. You may not know it, but you covered two chapters of the book of Joshua today. Wasn't that awesome? But it's amazing how you responding in kindness to an awful situation in your life, you manifesting forgiveness and honoring a covenant, opens the door to your greatest victory. How good is that? Hey, come on, bow your heads. And I know a lot of you are watching online today too, and you might watch this later, so... I want to talk to people in the house. I want to talk to you online as well. I want you to know right now that you can say, son, stand still over your circumstances. And the reason you're going to do it isn't because you want the pain to go longer. You just want the time for it to be totally crushed and defeated and removed. If there's any area where you're saying, oh, I let the sun go down. I'm done. Don't do that. What God's poured in your heart, it's got purpose. It's got power. In fact, whatever is from him has the power to manifest his purpose. So I'm telling you, come on. Don't just hang on. Do more than hang on. Be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to tell you this. If you got some bitterness or something going on in your world that you need to release, I'm asking you to release it today. I'm asking you to receive the grace of God to be gracious and to let things go. I want you to do that. But I want you to know that if you will, wow, the benefits of walking in that are ridiculous. The things that you'll see, the victories that you'll realize in your life, the release that will come to you is incredible. So listen, maybe you're here, you're watching online, and you've never, you've never said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. You're kind of like those Gibeonites. You're kind of going, man, whatever those folks are on, I want in on. I don't want to die. Maybe that's you. Well, you know what? He says to whosoever will come. And he's ready to receive you right now, and you can come. And he's made a covenant of love with you 2,000 years ago that if you'll just receive him, to anyone who receives him, he gives the right to be called the children of God. So I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, I'm going to count to three, even at home or even in this room right now. Listen, if you've never done that, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, would you throw your hand up high enough for me to see it? Are you ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up really high, really high. All right, well, we're going to pray because maybe you're there by your couch or in your living room or at your desk or or in the car or waiting at a stop somewhere but you want Jesus we're going to pray for you right now ready we're all going to pray together so Lord Jesus thank you for opening the door for me to come back to my father I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior and I declare right now that I am forgiven that I am healed and I am free Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, bless you. Listen, we got folks coming up here for prayer. Even online, there's room for you to go for prayer. If you're online, you can click our all, uh, our all uh, what do you call it? All access pass. You can go to a, a, a lobby where you can talk to people, be blessed by people, or you can get prayer online. But if you need prayer today, there's people that are going to come up front. And they're ready to pray for you. Miracles happen here at this altar. Mitchell got healed at this altar just a few weeks ago. Didn't you, Mitchell? He really did. And it's so awesome, you know. And uh, if you need prayer for anything, there's people ready to minister to you. I'm going to bless you and send you on your way. Are you ready? Let's pray for Werner and Duver. because Werner and Duver. <laughs> Werner and Kristen want to go to Mexico. Oh, sorry. That might be a word from the Lord right there. Go to Mexico. I think you want to go to Cuba, right? 
Oh, Father, we all want to get, who wants to get away? <laughs> Jesus, I'm telling you. I, I'm saddened to tell you that uh, one of our gals, somebody who's been ministering with us for 30 years, was a, a, a director of the board with Cheryl at the Crisis Pregnancy Center. But Barb Galbraith, she went on to be with Jesus this week. And uh, I, I'd like about 10 minutes with Barb right now. I'd just like to talk to her right now. She could fill me in on so many things. But she's enjoying a rich reward. She's enjoying the wonderful manifestation of the tangible love of our Savior right now. But we pray for her family. We pray for Doug and Tracy, the kids, grandkids. We pray that you bless that family and surround them with your goodness. And Father, we thank you for the joy that we had of partnering with Barb. We thank you for her prayers and the legacy that she has that continues to move forward with us. We just command it all blessed and we thank you for it. So I bless you right now. I bless you in Jesus' name. I especially bless the Bills fans right now in Jesus' name. I bless you, though. I pray the love of the Father. I, I pray your heart will be touched like Cheryl's was today, that you'd just be ravished by how incredibly faithful he is. I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with each and every one of you now and always in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.